Welcome to Living Digital, brought to you by the Digital Solutions Team at Slumberger. My name is Morten Jensen. I manage our global industry program for digital innovation and collaboration, and I'll be hosting the podcast today. In the Living Digital podcast series, we hear from geoscientists, coders, petrotechnical professionals and industry executives, and they discuss how digital technology and solutions are transforming the energy industry. Better use of data is already changing the way we work. Organizations are implementing strategies around industrial Internet of Things, artificial intelligence, machine learning, automation and augmented reality, just to name a few. And this is, of course, what we call digital transformation. And that gives us uh, endless new possibilities for working and performing better. Now, immediate and broad access to all relevant data from anywhere is vital for any digital solution. It's so important that without it, we really have no digital transformation. So I'm absolutely thrilled to have the opportunity today to discuss access to exploration and production data with an expert panel. And believe me, they are passionate about this topic. Data management is what gets them out of bed in the morning. And now, of course, they will share their passion with us. So without further delay, let's uh, ask them to introduce themselves. So from Brighton, we have Vicky Stanley. Hi, Morton. Hi, my name is Vicky. I'm working in the uh, marketing team for uh, marketing strategy around data management globally. Thanks, Vicky. And uh, we have Raj Cannon from Houston. Hi, Martin. Hi, everyone. Um, this is Raj. I'm an advisor in the Schlumberger uh, Delphi uh, team, and I'm the program management committee lead for the open source OSDU development. Great to have you, Raj. And then from London, we have Jamie Cruz. Hi, Martin. My name is Jamie. I'm the head of products for data management for Schlumberger, and I'm also on the PPDM board of directors, an industry organization around data management and standardization. Thanks to the panel for the introductions and for joining us today. I moved to Palo Alto in 2014 to start Slumberger's Digital Innovation Center. And this was about the same time as, as companies really started to get serious about their digital strategy. And they all started with data, big data, data ecosystems, data lakes and everybody started to build their own proprietary data platforms. The energy and oil companies did it, the technology companies did it, and then the middleware companies also started building their own proprietary data platforms. It quickly became obvious that this was going to be a major hurdle for digital transformation because none of these systems can really work together. So what happened was that now 172 companies and organizations from all across our industry got together to start what has become the fastest growing standardization and open source initiative ever in our industry. And that is OSDU, Open Subsurface Data Universe. So we'll start with discussing with the panel what exactly OSDU is and, and why it's so important for the industry. So I would really like to start with you, Raj. Could you give us just a quick overview of the concepts that are fundamental to OSDU? Things like standard APIs, open source, and the reference implementations. Yeah, sure, Martin. Um, you know, uh, the OSDU is is really you know not only the uh, software implementation, but actually backed up by a forum like it was previously mentioned. Right. So, what this does is it brings a community of developers, operators, ISVs, and SI players together, 
And it's really a set of microservices, a reference implementation that can actually run as opposed to just a standard or a specification that you can run on various platforms, including you know, public cloud infrastructures and also in-country through uh, providers like IBM. Because Raj, would you say that this is like the biggest open source initiative that's happened in, in the industry? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've been in this game for, you know, 22 years, like I said, and, uh, you know, so far I've seen standards, I've seen specifications, but to a point where you've got potentially competing cloud providers, potentially competing systems integrators, potentially competing uh, independent software vendors, all trying to liberate and get out of this uh, vendor-specific formats and vendor-specific implementations into a true community. That's a, a first I mean, I think that's a really interesting point, Raj, the idea that as a market, we've come together and actually say we're not going to compete on our lowest level data foundation, right? We're going to have this single common repository, and then we're going to add value on top of that. And, and I think, you know, at a time when there's a great deal of pressure on cost, the idea that we come together as a community to build this innovation platform for data and application integration, I think that's what's exciting for me. We can deliver this new technology knowing that our customers are going to be able to combine it with their own work and work from other people and really deliver value from data to uh, to their stakeholders and, and, and their users. So I'm sure I'm sure then going forward that we'll see a, a whole suite of applications and, and data ecosystems claiming to be OSDU compliant. So, so what, what does it take for technology to be OSDU compliant? Yeah, that's a good question, uh, Martin. So, you know, um, like I said, unlike uh, previous specifications and standards, uh, this is a full-fledged implementation, right? And and therefore, when you say that there is an application that is compliant or, or certified, uh, we expect it to work against the version of OSDU that's being built by the forum, right? So it's not just an adherence to the specification. Yeah, that's an important point, Raj. I think cause also from the customer perspective, it's given a lot more choice to the customers, right? That if the innovation is going to be application level, from a customer perspective, they can have a lot more choice in terms of picking the best tools in the market to be able to do their workflows rather than concerned about how they're going to move their data between different platforms, which is huge, I think. Yeah, absolutely, Vicky. And uh, uh, I'd also like to ask Raj, what is the status of OSDU right now? What, what is the maturity? What's available now and what can we expect in the near future? Yeah, so we released what we call R2, sort of a, a pre-release version of OSDU in uh, early spring. And uh, that basically included sort of the bread and butter workflows, right? The, the ability to uh, store some data, associate some metadata with it, uh, be able to search and discover the information within there. And with the proper security and compliance, be able to deliver that data into the applications. We are hoping that by Q1, we should release what we are calling R3, which uh, not only would be sort of developer ready, but also have the criteria that is needed to truly deploy it in a customer setting from an operational sense. Yeah, Raj, so I think you make a, a really good point there. One of the most exciting things about R3 is that this gives us an opportunity to look at OSDU as more than just kind of a digital filing cabinet. The services that are coming in R3 really are the what we call the domain DMSs. These are the things that really facilitate streaming of content straight through to applications. And as a data management practitioner, that's what excites me. It's not the idea of finding just one place to file our data away. It's all about 
connecting data to the decision makers, to the modelers, the interpreters, and the analysts. And I think with those DDMSs, we're already starting to show how we can stream data, you know, right from the source through to the repository, QC it, check it, and then deliver that without any further work straight through to the applications. And it's that kind of workflow acceleration that I think is going to be the real game changer. We've been trying to do that for years and uh, with some degree of success. But but here with this common community platform, we're really going to be focusing on uh, connecting the users to their data, you, you know, to make better, faster decisions. Obviously, if you are a, a developer, if you're a freelancer, you're trying this thing out. Um, you can go to the GitLab, um, you can download the sources, you can look at the uh, code there and, and, and try to do this. But if you are an operator and you're looking at you know, an enterprise-grade deployment where you're going to move your data assets and you're going to move your users and workflows, it's, it's not possible for one open source space to serve all of these operators and provide the continuous integration and continuous delivery to keep these environments deployed, secured, and operational, right? So this is where we are really relying on the ecosystem of systems integrators and software vendors to be able to do it. And I believe Schlumberg has a, a few solutions uh, that may be interesting here. Jamie? Yeah, so uh, from, from Schlumberg's perspective, we've got a range of deployment options if you want to get up and running on an OSDU. I mean, my favorite is, is probably the OSDU software as a service. This is like a one-stop shop for getting yourself access to OSDU. And in the long run, I think, you know, it's a trend in the, in the broader market to be able to take your, your technology services as a simple subscription. So if you do this, you can sign up for the service. We manage the cloud infrastructure for you and, uh, and we bill you for the consumption. But a second option, which is interesting to some customers, is what we call the OSDU managed service. And that means that we can stream the technology stack with live software updates, security, operational support into your cloud subscription. So for some customers, that's really important for them. They can manage their own cloud infrastructure and have everything co-located inside their subscription. So for some customers, that's a good option too. And then we have, if you like, another category of customers who can't reach necessarily the global cloud providers uh, to access our managed service or SaaS options. And for those, we will work with them, uh, with our partners, to, to review the local infrastructure providers, either internal to their organization or in the region that they're working in, to stream that OSDU technology stack into that environment so that they can access that technology in country where they might be limited or constrained by you know, data residency constraints, for example. So those are the three options, the SaaS, the managed service, and the in-country. So Jamie, you're working on OSDU-compliant software from, from Slumberger. Can you tell us more about what's coming? Yeah, one of the interesting things about the forum, of course, is that it's, uh, there's a big open source component to it. So if you, if you look at how OSDU ecosystems are architectured, there's a lot of foundational elements that are, are open source. Um, but of course, to be able to deliver this to our clients, Uh, it's also important that we build a commercial toolkit on top of that and, and have a channel to, to deliver this uh, to our clients as, as product. So, you know, obviously when we, when we made our big contribution to OSDU, um, we contributed elements of our data ecosystem from the Delphi platform into this environment. And we're doing, uh, you know, we're taking that back now as well into the Delphi environment. So the Delphi environment and OSDU have this common OSDU data foundation. And then in my department, what we're working on is that commercial toolkit on top of that. 
um, which will be available to Delphi customers that are using OSDU embedded in Delphi, or if we're working with customers that are coming from a kind of OSDU first angle as well. So really OSDU is at the foundation of our technology stack with Delphi or the OSDU projects that we're working on. But obviously there's a huge space here for vendors to, to bring smart technology to improve automation and use AI machine learning to, to really differentiate their offerings and, and provide great choice for the customers. So the, many companies are concerned about lock-in when they select digital partners and platforms. How will OSDU help them with the flexibility and the confidence they need to, to make the decisions about how to move forward? I mean, I think the obvious one here is that what we've done is is we've taken the data foundation, uh, the bit that they depend on where they're going to put their data, and we've made this completely open. So you can go and get your own copy of the source code and, and build it if you like. You can work with partners that you prefer. Obviously, we, we think that that most people will take a commercial packaging of this. But even if they take a commercial package from one vendor, they've got the assurance knowing that that code comes from the community, it's a defined standard, and the other vendors uh, have a vested interest in, in making their code work with that. So really, it's a game changer for openness. We've done openness in the past with things like Ocean, but now we've gone the whole way and the community's gone the whole way together. So this really does, uh, it's a guaranteed open platform, essentially. Yeah, I, th- I think it's great as well, Jamie, for, for customers that can create their own IP. So customers that are looking that have potentially development teams in-house, that this is quite an exciting prospect of building their own IP right on top of the commercial tools that they may purchase from vendors, but also having that freedom still and in, in, in the name of openness to add their own apps and, uh, and add their own IP that they can take forward despite which apps they're using. So, I mean, we, we talked about how OSDU is the fastest growing standardization initiative in the industry. So what needs to happen for OSDU to succeed to live up to this potential? It all comes down to adoption, right? I mean, uh, just like any other implementation or open source project or standard that's out there, adoption is absolutely key. What we're seeing right now is there is tremendous appetite and push from the industry. There's more than 170 different companies that are now part of the forum. The operators are sort of nipping at their heels to get a deployment going, get R3 out the door. And like I previously mentioned, because the ISVs, uh, the independent software vendors and the systems integrators are now seeing a reduction of cost and more focus on some of the differentiating workflows that Jamie was talking about, it's now sort of bringing the the, the aspects together to get a escape velocity for this project pretty soon. And I guess the, the key here as well uh, around the adoption. So we've uh, we spoke to many customers who who kind of gone all in on OSDU um, as well and obviously from the Slumberjay perspective we're all in on OSDU with the data platform OSDU data platform really being at the center of our digital strategy and our applications but what do you think customers can do to get involved more in this Raj if they're thinking about potentially going to OSDU but they're not really sure where to start what would you recommend yeah, to me, you know, work with the providers, get a working version of OSDU. The, the first way to decide where to contribute is to have a deeper understanding of what the platform's capabilities are. So I would definitely suggest that, and Jamie can uh, chime in and, and speak about, you know, what Schlumberger's capabilities are in this space, uh, but there are other providers uh, for this technology as well. 
And let's go beyond just, you know, requirements and, and specifications. Uh, let's start investing some people, right? I mean, this is for the greater good. So let's bring developers into the space, uh, sponsor developers, assign them into the projects that you think are important for your class of uh, problems, your set of uh, data types, your domains of uh, information that uh, needs to be managed. And, and let's all push the envelope together. So that, that, that would be my recommendation for operators. For me, to, to make OSTU succeed, coming at it from a slightly different angle, I mean, I think we've demonstrated a good track record as a community of starting to deliver some technology. And as Raj says, you know, we, we've got to keep up that momentum. We've got to broaden the number of people that are contributing. But also, I think we need to look at it from the other perspective as well, from the commercial perspective, is we need to start deploying this and getting OSDU adopted you know, for real inside companies now and delivering value to the kind of stakeholders in the companies that have allowed us to build up this platform. So I'm really excited in 2021 to actually see us do real production projects and deliver value to companies. And so that's going to be an exciting period, I think, getting it out of the lab, in real production, learning about it, refining the solutions and working together as a community, but also as companies to deliver this value to the clients. Right now, how, how can we demonstrate that this platform can be populated with great quality data, that it improves the efficiency of our data management processes, that we can do more with less, and most importantly, that we can connect users with their data and have a faster turnaround time, right? So I think 2021 is the year that we, we should, as a community, be delivering on that vision of uh, integrated working on, on a common data platform. And that's really going to help it keep momentum up. Absolutely. Because, I mean, this isn't just another data source like today, but in the cloud. How important do you think it is to adopt OSDU in terms of the community versions and the enterprise add-ons, rather than looking at it as just the same as the on-prem solutions that we have now? Well, from my perspective, I, I think most, most of our forward-thinking customers really get the idea that it's not about passive data repositories anymore, that this is a collection of microservices that allow them to accelerate their workflows. And, and I think that's important, right? I mean, I think if you implement uh, the true spirit of OSDU with the microservices and don't just treat it like a filing cabinet, that's when you're going to see the most benefits. So how do you guys see this kind of an explosion over the next couple of years with the smaller innovators and, and startups and universities coming on board with OSDU? How do you see this really evolving over the next couple of years due to this big opportunity, really? Yeah, I mean, I think we can see these new communities evolving. Obviously, I think there's still a great advantage with people working together. Here at Slumberger, we've got uh, innovation programs uh, and partnership programs as well. So, you know, in, in the end, probably most of the people that are doing this want to see this as technology delivered. You know, they, they might want to monetize that. It might be that they just want to provide some open source community code. But, you know, still the traditional role of the vendors, they can still provide a channel for partnerships for businesses that want to grow and build on the back of this ecosystem. So whilst it's open source at its core, it's also completely in the spirit of the community to build commercial products on top of that. And, and we'll be building those kind of partnership networks and developer programs as well. So that's pretty exciting for us. And in fact, we're already working with a number of our partners from the ocean era who've got great new technology and they want to bring it to the OSDU community as well. So I think it is going to stimulate quite a boom in innovation and partnerships and, and, and everybody can work and safe in the knowledge that the technology they're investing in, the interfaces they have to the data are completely open and transparent and don't represent any form of lock-in to any one of their partners or suppliers. 
So how do OSDU and, and OSDU compliant data platforms differ from traditional database approaches and standard data formats that we use so much in the industry today? That's a, that's a good question on the architecture, and, and that's an important thing to call out, uh, Martin, uh, because in the past, uh, you know, we've, we've seen databases, we've seen data models uh, come by. Uh, so if all we did was uh, do the same concepts in, in different technology and, and hope for success, uh, it may not be optimal, right? So um, there are a few fundamental tenets that are different for OSDU. Um, so if you take a traditional relational database, for example, you have a fixed schema and you are um, translating the data from wherever it is coming from, from whatever format it's coming from, into that one format that the relational database has. And that's how you're bringing the data in, uh, what we call a, a schema on write model. And what OSDU supports is a schema on read model. So what this means is we fully understand that the source data models are different based on the consuming persona and the workflow. The consumption models will be different. So therefore, you can't have one fixed model to operate the whole data platform. So the data platform allows you to ingest the data with the least amount of friction in the source form. And then you enrich and transform and uh, curate the data for the various consumption perspectives. The OSDU data definition itself becomes sort of the anchor point to this uh, as opposed to a limiting factor that it allows you to get interoperability using the standard format, but the platform itself doesn't limit you from that standard itself for ingestion or for consumption. Which is a big change, right, Raj, from how we used to doing things in our relational databases up until this point, it's quite a big change for just maybe in the way of thinking around how we store data and how we're going to do data management going forward in the cloud environment and within OSDU. Uh, correct. And, and, and it's a good thing that you're bringing up the point of data management there, Vicky, uh, because now data management is not just about, you know, the top shelf data and delivering those to your end users, but it's about how do I preserve all of this data that is necessary to feed my machine learning algorithms, right? So the classic approach of curate and, and drop out all these work in progress data to come up with this top shelf data does not help when it comes to training a machine learning algorithm. You need both the best data and the rejects so you can train a system as to what to look for and what not to look for or what to move away from. And that is another fundamental concept difference in, in OSDU, that it is not about the definitive data, but it's about tagging the definitive data while still retaining the other versions and the lineage, the provenance, the context that goes around it. So like I said, it, it, it really helps in terms of some of these cognitive insights that can come from the data itself. But from a user consumption standpoint as well, it brings that context, which improves their trust to reuse and build upon other people's results rather than starting from square one. From my point of view, I mean, I think anybody that's worked in data management in the last 30 years, they'll see the big change, right? The big change is less databases. Our current environments are dominated by, you know, a database for everything, right? And each one of those represents a silo where content's locked away in it. So in the environment, we provide you with tools that will translate from something that's just an arbitrary CSV into a standard format so that applications can read it. But overall, right, you know, we're seeing this move away from platforms that have fixed structures 
fixed database structures to support our traditional physics-based applications to a much more flexible environment that will support the traditional physics-based applications and also your new AI and machine learning applications. So it's just drastically reducing the complexity, expanding the flexibility, uh, and, and delivering this a cloud environment that can give you the scale and the performance as well. So it's really, from a data manager's point of view, it's really turbocharging the whole data experience and, and bringing data managers and data a lot closer to the, the consumers, the interpreters, and the modelers. So Jamie and Raj, so if I'm a customer and I'm considering deploying the OSDU community code and running it and operating it within my environment, what sort of things should I be aware of and what should I look out for based on your experience of already running these solutions in Delphi for several years? Yeah, so from a community standpoint, we provide fully working code, right? But how it gets integrated into your identity and authentication system how you bring the data, right? So from an ingestion standpoint, there are a few loaders or sequences uh, that we will provide for, you know, CSV or XML, et cetera. But in real world, you know, you're going to have applications and databases and other formats to deal with. Likewise, from a deployment and operations perspective, uh, this is what we call as a shared responsibility matrix, right? So from a software development, there's only so far we can go with respect to the community development. You need to rely on your service provider and your cloud provider for both the infrastructure and the service-related SLAs, cybersecurity, resilience, and and enterprise-scale reliability. Yeah, and I guess from from my perspective, if you want to examine the code, if you want to understand the concepts, if you want to bring the services up, if that's the experience you're looking for, then I think the community code is a great starting point. But obviously, the thing that we're most interested in is working with customers that want to do business with OSDU. So they need user interfaces at a higher level than APIs. They need environments for data loading QC, standardization, governance, uh, and they need uh, connected applications as well. So in in addition to all of those operational things that that Raj was talking about, about getting the OSDU core services up and running, you know, we strongly believe that to deliver value to your stakeholders, you know, you need that full toolkit around it and the application connectivity. And then we can package up the OSDU software stack and, and supplement the open source community code with some additional value-added components as well. So on the data loading side, for example, we provide uh, what they call parsers that will allow you to, to for example, you know, really high-quality loaders for, for well-logged data based on code that we've already tested for many years inside our TechLog family. So overall, I think working with a commercial partner uh, compared to trying to make the community code be a full solution on its own will probably save you quite a lot of effort and allow you to get into production a bit quicker. And for those of you who are familiar with uh, Linux, Wiki, this is very similar, right? There is the open source versions of Linux, uh, but with respect to the additional security, the additional capabilities, the software support and, and the resilience of the software itself, you would find that people would use commercial grade software like you know Red Hat to Enterprise Linux from IBM, for example. So it's the, the same sort of analog here. We're doing the best that we can with respect to what we can do in the community space. And then we rely on the service provider, the cloud provider to bring in those additional capabilities to truly make this enterprise ready. So we, we've discussed quite a bit the upsides and all the potential of the OSDU technology. 
Could we also, you know, hear from you a little bit about the pitfalls that we're likely to meet working with this technology and the challenges that we have to overcome? Uh, from a community development perspective, uh, Martin, there, there are a few things that we need to be aware of, right? And we, we fully realize that the, uh, these are risks, uh, and we're working with the OSDU management committee and the forum at large to mitigate some of this. So let me explain. If you look at domain-related service, for example, you may find that there may be multiple vendors that come in to do their donation. In the full spirit of meritocracy, obviously, we want to make sure that you know everybody's donation is respected and everybody's contribution is, is honored and, and brought into the community. But at the same time, it's a fine line to balance that against you know fragmentation of the data platform and what it means in terms of the overall value that we are delivering to the community. So this is what we mean by balancing meritocracy against governance. And standard bodies have typically focused 100% on governance. And you run into a scenario where, you know, you move at the pace of the slowest provider. And, and therefore, there is latency, there is little evolution, and standards get stale. And, uh, you know, they lag behind where the software space could be. On the other hand, if you go with a true meritocracy approach, then you get into these scenarios where there is really no standardization and, and the platform just gets fragmented. So this is a key risk. And I think the success of OSDU is really going to be how are we going to do that balance between those two? Allow for the evolution of the core platform in a controlled manner, be it on the software side, the architecture side, the data definition side, but balance this against extensions where the market at large, the operators can try out additional alternatives and then decide to, you know, based on the value of those uh, contributions, decide to expand the scope of the platform into these extensions, right? So there may be other ideas to improve this. We are certainly, you know, all years uh, with respect to the community and the forum members giving us that kind of uh, guidance and steer. Yeah, I think that's a really good point, Raj, because from the, I guess, from the customer perspective, some challenges could be around the transition to OSDU or who to partner with or decide who to work with, who's going to deploy and manage the OSDU as well, right? Because this is a big decision as well for operators to ensure that they partner and work with companies and service providers who have a track record of running these kinds of solutions and who can adequately run and manage a large OSU implementation in the, in a cloud environment. So I think for customers, as well as we said, in the next couple of years, there's going to be a lot of activity and excitement in the market. So for customers, it's really going to be how to select if they want, like Jamie said, the, the OSU SaaS or the managed service. It's going to be who really to put their trust in to be able to deploy and manage that environment. That could be a potential challenge for customers as well. Yeah, I mean, I, th I think you both make really good points there. The Delivering an enterprise data foundation, especially one that's focused on accelerating business workflows, it's a major challenge that, you know, we're rising to it as an industry, but it's about so much more than the technology. Raj mentioned governance, you mentioned partnerships. You know, really, we need to tap into not just a new technology, but all of our previous experience and history of delivering value through data. So it's great to be thinking about what fantastic new features the new platform would give us but we can't forget our past right there's a lot of good learnings that we've had as the data management community there's a lots of good work that we've done with integrations and so that transition i think from the existing technology to the new technology should be done 
in a way that respects the value that we have created in the past. And you are going to need to work with partners that have got a track record of delivering these data solutions and these integrated solutions through to, to, to the customer. So, and I think you've got a little technical risk there as well, right? Because when you bring in a new generation of technology, there may be some features and functions and capabilities that were present in the previous technology that might take a little time to get up and running in the new tech. So I really think you need to be working with people that know how to deliver this at scale and, and have the breadth of technology to be able to transition you fully and realize the benefits of the platform. And this comes back to the, the, the cycle of adoption and contribution that was mentioned earlier as well, right? So the, the more people that come on board to adopt OSDU, the more people that contribute, it will really accelerate this coming to the market as well and the innovation that we expect in the coming years. So, so OSDU as an acronym stands for Open Subsurface Data Universe. But I guess it's a testament to the success of this initiative that the scope is, is already widening beyond exploration and production data. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, of course. Uh, even though we started off with a very narrow focus on the subsurface and even within subsurface, you know, wells and seismic, if you look at what are the things that we are working on in an R3 and, and you know, heels of R3, R3 plus uh, type of time frame modern, we are looking at bringing additional domains like well construction, well delivery, production, etc. And now we have started to even look at how this could help with respect to carbon footprint and the initiative around open footprint. Could the OSDU technology and the collaboration help there? Could it help with new energy initiatives? Right. So I think the coming together of all of these players and the fact that the energy industry landscape itself is changing and things like carbon and new energy become uh, relevant is having a significant influence in our vision and directions past uh, the R3 timeframe. Yeah, I, I think that's super important. You know, the idea that we've got, we've got here is an energy data platform, and that could be our traditional subsurface data, but also expanding it beyond subsurface and into new energy we talk about this being a platform for 10, 15 years or even more. And, and that, that's why I think it's been designed to be flexible and adaptable and to to be able to grow with our businesses as our business evolves, because that's what we do know will happen, right? There will be a lot of change in, in the next few years and, and, and decades. And so if we want to make this our last major data platform technology and be able to evolve it smoothly through the coming changes in our industry, I think, again, we have to work very closely to make sure that this architecture lives up to its expectations and has all that flexibility and power we need to, to carry the business forward. Yeah, I completely agree, Jamie. And this is what customers want, all right? If we're having this one true data platform that we can you know, remove all these silos from the different domain stores and have everything within, within the OSDUs is where we want to be. Flies, and we're getting towards the end of, of, of this podcast. I'd like to give a big thank you to, to Vicky Stanley, Jamie Cruz, and Raj Cannon for welcoming us into their exciting new world of OSDU and all things data. Uh, I really enjoyed the discussion today. And if you enjoyed it, please subscribe to the Living Digital Podcast from Slambachet. There are many more to come. And if you want to learn more about OSDU, data ecosystems, or any other topic in digital transformation, visit the Slumbershire Digital Solution website, software.slb.com. Thank you for listening and goodbye.